Hey there, space cowboys and cowgirls. So glad to have you with us on Florida's Fourth Estate this week. We've got a special guest. My name's Matt Austin. And I'm Ginger Gadsden. Am I your special guest? No. Oh, no, no, I see, I see who it is. You know who my who special is. guest is. It's our space guy. <laughs> That's right. This is Eric Von Aiken. I'm totally honored, guys, that you think I'm a special guest. You could have had anybody on your show that knows a lot more about space than I do. Well, uh, okay, those guys are going up into space soon, and they're in quarantine, <laughs> so they can't. They can't no. They're Doug and Bob. So they're not they're contractually right obligated to hang out with us <laughs> as well. So uh, Eric Von Anken, he's been covering space for decades. Uh, we've covered it together out there on the uh, launch and landing facility, and he knows a ton about space. We just had a big launch that was supposed to go off yesterday. We had all the pomp and circumstance. It didn't end oh up happening. God. So we figured we would sort of give you a little primer for Saturday. Um, yes. when, it, when we try to send this thing up again, hopefully it happens. So oh my gosh. we'll see how it goes. So start, I, Eric, I want your impression of how things went yesterday because it everything went off except the rocket. Um, and you know, and if they had waited five more minutes, the weather cleared up and we were all like, ah, but that's not how this works. No, you're, you're right, Ginger. And, uh, and first of all, let me apologize for my informality uh, today, but, um, I, I got, I actually got a day off. Uh, that's because as, as you, uh, and Matt and I were just discussing, we got to do this again, all over again on Saturday. And, um, the last thing few weeks uh, this this is what we've been living and, and breathing i mean especially uh you know especially me heading over the space center almost every day because this is such a big deal as you know it, you know yesterday was was I, I mean it was disappointing but it was a great day and 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 the nasa administrator jim bridenstine i know he's got to say this that it went well and you know we're very happy and we're very pleased and all of this but he, he did make a really valid point he said this was the first wet dress rehearsal that we've done right a dry uh, dress rehearsal is not put fuel in the uh you know the, the giant uh, candle but they did that yesterday and then they went right down the 16 minutes and they went through everything that they're supposed to do you know that not a lot happens in that in that well i shouldn't say not a lot happens in that last 15 minutes but it's the prep in all of those other minutes before that that really gets you down to that last minute. Everything's got to be perfect. And 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 you know you know I, I think one of the most impressive things is remember when we covered covered all those sh uh, space shuttle launches and landings like Matt and I you know on uh, in 2011 standing next to each other on the uh, the shuttle landing facility when Atlantis came home for the last time. The space shuttle was so complicated that any time they try and get it off the ground, weather was always a big deal. But but just the mechanics and, and the condition of the two SRBs, the external tank and, and in particular, the, you know, the orbiter itself, it, there was always a chance that that something would go wrong on that preventing a launch. And it often did. I, I mean, there were so many, you know, shuttle launches that I was out there for days where a, a sensor would trip, a valve would trip and, and it just shut the whole thing down. They, they were they were working issues. I want to say almost I, it felt like I don't want to say almost every but maybe many, many launches that we covered. Every 
single time it felt like they would be working some sort of issue throughout the day that was causing a problem that if it were that that minute to launch or that second to launch, it wouldn't go up because of that issue. We didn't have one issue yesterday. On Except the weather. Except weather. Yeah. That was it. Weather. Yeah, there was that one little issue. A big one. But in, yeah. in terms of, of the health of the rocket, you know, the uh, the engineering, I mean, it was sound. It was perfect. It was not one mechanical issue that, that came up at all yesterday. And, and for a brand new vehicle, I mean, you know, I realize here we are, you know, thir- three decades after the space shuttle program, right? But for a brand new vehicle, I mean, you know, in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, engineering reliability, I mean, it performed really, really yeah. well. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, Eric. Uh, we are getting some questions in. We've got one from Facebook, and this is a great one. I think a lot of people who are new here maybe don't have the exact place to watch a launch. So I know you've covered these a ton of times. Usually you get a better seat than most. You get to go to KSC. Where do you think is the best place to see a rocket launch? This is from Mavel. Um, I'd say there's a lot of places, uh, Matt, Ginger, and Mavel. Um, and and I, I should say this, that, that we are – look, it, it is a privilege – that, that we get to be out there at the Kennedy Space Center. And, and and I don't take that lightly. And there's only one reason we're out there. And that is to bring these pictures and these sounds and this video to anyone watching, to any of our viewers, um, you know, whether it's, it's over the Internet, whether it's a phone, tablet or, or, or TV. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why we're there. I, I, I don't miss that fact that that you are sending us there ultimately asking us to be there. Um, that said, we're, we're the closest that, that any human can be unshielded uh, to seeing the rocket launch. But there are lots of places around there on the space coast that you can get almost that close. I mean, you're not just three or I think it's three or three or four miles away. But but even if you're across the Banana River, um, anywhere in Titusville, there are um it's us one that runs through titusville right so you could ride along up us one uh right along the river any place you can stop there you know i know there's a lot of uh condos um and and private um uh, private stops there so you can't easily pull in but you can go across the street and you could uh, park there's a lot of restaurants there you could park there and then you could walk across to the uh, the banana riverside you know, as long as you can see a clear view of the water, you're going to see a great shot of the rocket. Uh, there's space view park in downtown Titusville. That's that's a mob scene on launch day. But if you can get there early enough, you can get right up to the water. Um, Jetty Park, you know, we, we've talked about that. That's that's at uh, Port Canaveral. Great spot, too, because you're right up on the water. Um, you know, even, I mean, some people watch from Cocoa Beach, the Cocoa Beach Pier. Yeah. It's a few miles south. But still, you're on the water. You'll see it. It's a spectacular Probably. view. Yeah, uh, Eric, I think the answer we were looking for is clickorlando.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are all great places to watch. I mean, it, it, we've all, you know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned that it is a privilege to be out there. And I, I've only been to a couple of shuttle launches. And when you feel the earth rumble beneath your feet and you're three miles away, I mean, you. Uh-oh. Oh, I... Uh-oh. We I had a... 
We've we've lost Ginger for a moment. Hopefully, we can uh, we can get her back while she has frozen. But uh, Eric, so one of the questions we okay. I'm sorry, Gigi. I don't know. You're kind of coming in and out with your shot, Eric. One of the questions that a lot of us were wondering in the studio yesterday. Okay, so these guys have to sit on the launch pad for two or three hours. Then they take a 19-hour trip to the space station. I don't want to get too graphic here. But there's no restroom in that capsule. Okay, so how does that happen? And uh, if you could explain that to us uh, as delicately as possible, that'd be great. Delicately. You know, it's funny, guys. This has become such such a, a, a joke, I, I guess, that that someone called into the uh, to the press briefing that um, NASA and the astronauts had a few days ago, and and joke said um, they started their question with. Uh, hey, so about those bathrooms? Just kidding, just kidding. I'll move on. <laughs> uh, everybody wants to know this, and and the astronauts are not talking about it. Every time they're asked about it, their answer is, "We'll tell you how it was when we get back." <laughs> so, you know, I, I I don't know I don't know why that is. I guess because it is uh, you know such a sensitive subject. My, my impression um, from what I've read is that it's a it's a system of. Uh, you know, suction and, and bags, kind of like on the uh, space station. It's not pleasant. Um, you know, I don't even know that they get out of their uh, their flight suits um, because um, the, the whole point of a flight suit is to, yeah, diapers, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of a flight suit is to fly in the suit, right, to the space station. So I, I don't, you know, I don't think that there's many options. It's crude and rude and kind of, down and dirty all right What's that? Well, that makes i guess that was that was as good as you could get suction and bags that makes sense ginger we have I you back yeah i know this is what exactly why i won't go to space i'm i'm shy i'm bathroom shy it's like <laughs> i can't even go at work so i don't know how <laughs> it's like good grief i mean that's not the only reason i can't be an astronaut but it's it's up there you're a little too yeah, I tall i don't go to the bathroom at work ginger I go home. I live, I live close. I drive home. We're learning a lot about Ginger on this podcast today. Uh, it's not you. Okay. okay. We're going to move on. So, Eric, tell me about the astronauts, okay? Obviously, it takes a lot of brains to become an astronaut. It always has. We have the two guys who are trying to go up to space have each married astronauts. So there's a lot of crazy genius mating with other crazy genius. I think it might be a government setup, possibly. Um, so tell us, how difficult is it these days to actually become one of the people who gets to go into space? So we were at Patrick Air Force Base last week. Uh, you saw we brought your report on the rescue unit that is going to save the astronauts uh, in case there's an abort. So the major who was in charge of bringing together all, the, all of the supplies, that's all of the inflatable boats, uh, all of the uh, jet skis, the modified jet skis, um, all of the uh, uh, emergency equipment, the medical equipment, and strapping it all down so they can, they can pop it out the back of a plane and into the ocean down below, and then you know the pararescuers would jump out and, and fly down with it and save the astronauts. He was he was telling me about um, his experience with the military and his wife's experience with the military. So, again, he's a major. I believe his wife is a high ranking official. And 
Uh, he said decade of her life in launch control centers at Vandenberg. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Kennedy. I, I, I mean, you know, they're on the Space Coast now. The point is she's got a lot of experience. He was telling me about her degrees. I, I believe she, she has a rocket science degree, so she's literally a rocket scientist. She applied, and I think he said they called her back, but then, then it ended right there. I think there were 18,000 mm. qualified applicants, and they wow. took, you know, what, a dozen? That is crazy. And uh, a dozen out of 18,000 candidates. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. beyond being the top of the top. That is some other astronomical level that we, we can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, astronomical. Exactly. <laughs> and the other thing he said is that the is that NASA has raised the qualifications. So. Uh, from my understanding, I, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly what they were if you needed a, a, a bachelor's degree of science versus a master's degree. But but they have now upped the level uh, of of the degree that you need. Um, and it has to be in some sort of STEM um, uh, category, uh, making it now uh, shrinking the pool because they, they just got bombarded from people. And, you know, again, NASA is trying to to think out of the box you know when when, when it comes to um our astronaut corps uh, making making representative of the united states of america but also not just going to people who are um uh you know fighter pilots like these guys are now with that said i don't want to downplay the value of that because these two gentlemen bacon has a phd in mechanical engineering yeah. so <laughs> I think he, I, you know, Ginger, I think he's got the master's in mechanical engineering, and I think it's his wife who has the <laughs> Don't give him credit for his wife's I, PhD, I thought he Ginger. I a doctorate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could be right. I just want to say that, that when I read it, I think I was, I was more impressed with her because she seemed to have one more degree than he did. But, you know, I, I'm not totally sure about that. Yeah. The point, the point is the reason they picked these two guys, and, and I read somewhere that, um, you know, it was co coincidental that Doug Hurley landed – Atlantis in 2011 and that he's he's you know launching this brand new vehicle it's not coincidental it's it's a hundred percent intentional they wanted the the two people the the two Americans that had the absolute best experience when it comes to testing out new vehicles um uh, you know the the not just the best education but the most experience and the best nerves mm. so so if you notice yesterday, when, when this was all over, you know, you didn't see anybody getting mad. You didn't see any, you know, any, I mean, it, it's not a steering wheel, but it's a it's a panel. But nobody was banging on, the, you know, the control. <laughs> and said, I wanted to go. I mean, it, it was, you know, it, Doug Hurley, the class act. Yeah. He's cool, calm, collected. He said, I understand. And and that's that's the kind of person you need. I have long said, Matt. You know, you're talking about the type of people that astronauts are. I've long said that astronauts are special people. They they're wired differently. They they can they can process things, um, handle things, especially in an emergency, in a way that I think most people can't. And and you know, the reason you get selected for an astronaut, besides your degrees and besides your intelligence, is is your ability to solve problems. You know, and, and that's how the space program, I think, has gotten so far that you've had so many people along the way over so many years 
who have methodically, carefully, and slowly solved problems when problems needed to be solved. I mean, look at the emergency, you know, we, we had in, in, you know, some of the prior launches, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Apollo 13, right? And, and, and these guys are the epitome of, of calm under pressure. And they, they said over and over again, we understand that this is a test flight. This is a demo. We have to check out these systems to make sure that we can do this going forward over and over and over again. Yeah, they these guys are they're test pilots. This is what they live for. This is what they live for, encountering new problems and solving it. That's, I mean, that's how their brains are wired. Right, right. And you said it yesterday, Ginger. I mean, between the two of them, they've flown 25 different test aircrafts. I didn't even realize that the military is working on 25 different ones. <laughs> it's not just 25 times. It's 25 different, different. aircraft. And every time you do it, you got to be in the same mindset. It's you, you got to get it together. You got to You got to go in. You got to understand the risks. You got to go in the challenges and understand the challenges and be ready to deal with whatever comes your way in a calm, cool, consistent manner. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, don't you think it's really important that these two guys have known each other for so long that they can barely, they can basically finish each other's sentences. And so when there is a problem, there's no time for them to have a conversation. It's, I mean, it's almost like a marriage. Yeah. I, again, exactly right, Ginger. Again, that was no accident either. You know, they, they, they were the same in the same astronaut class selected the same year, the year of 2000. Um, they they flown. You know, I don't know if they've flown on the shuttle together. I know they've each flown twice. Yeah, they were different missions. Yeah. When, when it comes to problem solving and, and being able to work with someone, you know, that's, that's another thing that I've always thought spending six months in space. Mm. And you don't someone. How do you not kill them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I sit next to Ginger for a couple hours a day, oh, and oh there there are questions some days. Hey, obviously, Eric, you are enjoying your day off, and I don't want to cut into it too much, but I do have one more question for you, because yesterday, I would say the moment that touched us all was when those astronauts came out to get in the Tesla, and before they did, they saw their family for the last time. Of course, it wasn't actually the last time. We didn't know that at that point. But they gave air hugs. They had a good time. I was curious when you saw that. I don't know if you got to watch it live because you were reporting and stuff. But uh, what did you think about that particular moment? My, my wife sent me a text right after Matt, and she said she was crying. I When, when, when I... Um, I, you, you guys were talking about it live, and I was watching it. Uh, you know, recapped a little bit, and and I don't know if you could hear it, but I had to I had to stop for a quick second um, just to get it together because it, it was the most touching mm. of the entire day. You know, you, you know, you guys know it. I mean, you know, Matt, you know, your girls are still young. I, I have a a nine year old boy and eleven year old boy. Uh, Doug's son is ten. Bob's son is six and they're all really close. They're all, they're all, it's not just that the two of them are best friends. It's that their kids are friends and their wives are are some of the best friends. They do things together. And and when times, when times get tough, the ladies lean on each other. Mm. The families come together. And, you know, I, I don't know that we've seen in past launches that, that connection with the family. I mean, I, I, the astronauts would walk out of that 
that same building, the Neil Armstrong Operations and Checkout Building, all very quickly, and then kind of quickly jump into the uh, Astrovan. I don't know that that this was set up intentionally to where they could pause a little bit and kind of connect with the families. And I don't know that the families have ever been front and center like that. But but just by the nature of there only being two astronauts, just by the nature of them, you know, having uh, I guess high profile wives. The second you saw that picture, you knew immediately who they were, especially with their two little boys. Yeah. You know, there was no confusion. These were the wives and these were the little boys of those astronauts. And and you knew being a dad, Matt, all you wanted to do was reach over and, and, <laughs> and give them all a hug. Yeah. And and you couldn't. And and then what really got me, you know, we talked a little about this yesterday too. What what the astronauts had said is it's going to be tougher for the wives to watch this than it will be for us to go up in this. And, and not, you know, it'd be tough for anybody, right? You, you know, your loved one's going off to space on a new vehicle. But they know the risks to a T. They know exactly what's about to happen. They know exactly what's it, what's, what's it going to feel like. And they know exactly how risky or not risky. You know, my, my personal opinion is this is the, the least riskiest um, space mission that we have flown with humans on board, I think, in... 11 years because of the abort system. Anyway, uh, different conversation. But but the point is they're watching and they know exactly what's about to happen. And, you know, sometimes it's better not to know. Yeah. You know? yeah. I That's how I live my life. Head in the sand. Don't, don't pay attention <laughs> to the bad yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just recounting that and seeing the, the images once again just made me tear up because that is it, it is really special. And, you know, it, it, not just an air hug, but he was giving one of the dads was giving an air bear hug. And you could tell he's like, I'm squeezing this air so hard. I wish it were you. <laughs> so it was a nice moment. Yeah, it really was. We In the studio, there were a lot of people in there when that happened. And every single one that I looked at had tears in their eyes. So it was a cool moment. I don't know if they're going to have that moment again on Saturday, but I know we all get to work on that Saturday. So Eric Von Aken, you rest up, baby boy. You enjoy that hammock and the family. Hey, can you show us? I want. Don't you have a nice lake view back there? I want to see that. Turn that camera. Uh, I can. I can oh, move the, oh, oh okay. yeah. Oh, you're we'll living the life out there. We'll be over shortly. <laughs> get that grill fired up, buddy. This is not what I was doing yesterday from about uh, 5 a.m. on. No. That is very true. So, yes, trying to enjoy some quiet time. You saw my son was just here. And and you know what was great? The greatest part about the launch is that I got to tell him a lot of these stories, and I, and I got to see the wonder in his eye. Uh, yeah. Very stop cool. it. It's, it's the best part about all of it. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. That. That oh, I'm so glad you made time for us today. Seriously, I mean that because you worked, we all worked long and hard yesterday, but you mm -hmm. were out there in the thick of it. So I to, for you to give part of your day off, you could have just said, beat it, nerds, find somebody else. Um, I appreciate you spending this time with us. You're delightful, and I, I love talking to you every yeah. time. You guys, you're so kind to even say that. I, I'm honored that you thought of me. Like I said, I'm certainly happy to, to spend my time with you guys. And you all worked hard yesterday and we're going to do that on saturday and i can't wait that's right yeah. it'll be good times we'll re-rack it and we'll be ready on saturday at 3 22 p.m eric von anken ginger gadsden my name's matt austin thank you so much for watching another edition of florida's fourth estate we'll see you next week bye y'all